It's coming back round. It's over. He's got it. Full time in Suva. It's a boil over. Fiji and Drua have beaten the Hurricanes 27 points to 24. Well, what a great result that was for Fiji and Drua. Not so much for the Hurricanes, but it's a great result for the competition. Week 11 of Super Rugby Pacific brought to uh, some interesting results. Uh, not only the, uh, the Drua knocking over the Hurricanes, again beating a New Zealand team on their turf. And Moana Pacifica came also close. And uh, I guess what you'd say is the local derby against the Blues at Eden Park. Well, Jordan proved he's still got it and the Chiefs just keep on rolling on. Concerns too for the Highlanders. Now to get to, uh, the morning going is Stuff's senior sports writer, Mark Hinton, with uh, his uh, views. Uh, Mark, good morning to you. Uh, I wonder if you did you read the comments about Wayne Smith turning off rugby for the first time ever and watching a documentary for the second half? Yeah, Smithy, uh, morning to you too, and good to be back on with you. And I just did read Wayne Smith's comments. Uh, with much interest, and I think you know this was really a case of him verbalising what we what we all think, uh, wasn't it? I mean, I heard you mention it in your sermon. Um, uh, you know, the amount of uh, of whistle, the amount of control the refs have in these games these days, the amount of influence they have, um, and just you know, I guess the stop start nature of play as a result of that certainly affects the spectacle there's no doubt about that and you know some some matches are worse than others some referees are worse than others but smithy i think hits the nail right on the head when he talk when he, well he he used that specific game the Highlanders force game um as an example of um just be you know a rugby loving guy being so frustrated by what he was being served up so yeah um you you suspect smithy that as um as I guess Super Rugby looks to take a bit of control, shall we say, over its product, this will be another thing that gets addressed. You know, they've um, they've got into I guess more ball and play time, speeding up certain aspects of the game. That's helped, no doubt. And you have to think, <laughs> Smithy's point about the uh, you know the influence that refs have will won't be far behind being addressed in some form or other. Um, if not just at a super rugby level, certainly at a game level uh, worldwide because, um, yep, we can't have rugby people, we can't have rugby-loving people being turned off their own game, can we? And, uh, you know, let's face it, we all trust that man's judgment, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, We absolutely do. And um, um, as I said, I I mean, I I laughed at it initially and then I thought, yeah, um, perhaps it's not a laughing issue. Uh, Right, okay. uh, let's look at uh, Moana Pacifica and uh, the Blues. I read your article uh, covering the game there. Uh, Interesting. Uh, I suppose the referee there was, uh, he was, he really had to give a a penalty try. But shame really for the end result of that match. Um, That would have been a nice little fairy tale for Moana Pacifica, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Look, they deserve the victory. I don't think um, you know anyone would have walked out of Eden Park on Saturday night thinking otherwise. That was a fantastic performance by a team that's now you know 0 and 10 hasn't won a hasn't won a match all season, and for them to go out and I think the Blues until the Brumbies won on Sunday, the Blues were second on the standing, so it was really you know almost almost bottom v top, and they went out and rattled the cage, didn't they, Moana? It was fantastic to see because I guess. We were maybe wondering if they had taken a step backwards in 2023 after, you know, a pretty honest and, and, um, and you know, enjoyable, really, debut season uh, for a, a franchise that 
they had a lot going against them. You know, they're really kind of cobbled together with um, a lot of kind of just sort of, um, I guess, extra part type players. You know, it, ha- it hasn't been an ideal scenario for them getting this team up and running. And I think they're very much still a work in progress. But gosh, Saturday night showed um, when, you know, when they're all on the same page and, and when they're motivated and, 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 you know, when they're sort of engaged, I guess, in, in playing the type of rugby you need to, to succeed and to, at this super level, um, you know, they're as good as anyone. And it was a fabulous performance. And the Blues were well below full strength, Smithy. And, and um, I suspect it was a game that maybe they were thinking <laughs> a little bit ahead to what's coming this Saturday rather than last Saturday. Mm. They nearly paid the price, didn't they? I mean, they got the Crusaders on Saturday night in a, in a massive matchup in Christchurch that could decide second spot. Um, there's a bit of a, a few other things to play out around that, but certainly um, the winner of this match will take a big stride towards finishing second overall behind the Chiefs, which is really important. You're talking home semi-finals, so a lot at stake on Saturday night in Christchurch, Smithy, and you have to think maybe the Blues were guilty of, of taking their eye off the ball a little bit on Saturday night when really they got out of jail at the end. Uh, Mark, obviously we've got to find the three super coaches. Was that uh, that result of great help for Aaron Major and the fact that uh, we might might have, uh, if this continued, might have had to find four super rugby coaches yeah. at the end of the season? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Um, I think Aaron's going to... I'm not sure he's in the Moana thing for long term. I know last time I spoke to him, he was very much of a mindset of getting things up and running and then passing it on to someone else. I don't think he sees that it necessarily is as, you know, he's operating away from home, his family's in Christchurch, um, or Dunedin even, maybe. I'm not 100% sure, but either Dunedin or Christchurch. But um, um, I, I think he, he sees Moana as a temporary kind of thing for him anyway. So maybe, um, who knows, maybe he comes into some... Um, uh, you know, into the focus for some other jobs. But I think his ambition mm. is to get this franchise up and running and then pass it on. But, man, that, that's three big holes to fill. And, you know, there aren't a lot of obvious contenders, so it's going to be interesting. Um, the one thing I would say is the three people who get the job, Smithy, um, put themselves in, in fabulous positions because if you look at what, uh, if you look at Scott Robinson's coaching team, the entire group, has been promoted effectively out of what they've done in Super Rugby alone. So Super Rugby is now clearly seen or recognised for the right people as a, as a direct stepping stone into the All Blacks. So, you know, you get one of these five Super Rugby head coaching slots, you are on the elevator to, you know, to, to, to the top in terms of your coaching profession. So, um, yeah, there's a, I think... All three franchises, many are going to take their time over this one because it's their important calls to make really good people being being replaced, big holes, you know, big shoes to fill, and all that sort of thing. So they have to get this right, really. And I don't see anyone rushing into any decisions here. I think they're going to really take their time to survey the field, see who's available, and try and find, you know, the equivalent of Leon McDonald five years ago, the equivalent of Scott Robertson seven years ago. You know, coach, young coaches on the rise who can really make a difference. So, interesting times ahead for sure. Yeah, there are um, interesting times ahead. I think for Fiji and Drew, uh, potentially, um, they're going to make yeah. the playoffs here. If they keep going the way they're going. Um, that was a hell of a performance. What to 313 running meters compared to 88 with ball in hand against the Hurricanes. Yeah, magnificent, magnificent. And uh, you know, um, 
I think we've seen it all year on at home. They are one of the toughest teams in the competition to roll. I know the Blues came away last week with that thirty to fourteen win, feeling like that had been as you know almost as good a performance as they've put in all season um, to get that result over there. And I know one, um, a Blues assistant coach, Paul Tito, said to us on the Friday. He said. You know, that, that was a really good win. And he said, uh, you know, I'm going to be really interested to see how other teams go the rest of the season over there. Of course, the Crusaders and Rebels had already lost, and now now the Hurricanes have. So they're, they're fabulous. And they're a different team on their home track. Sadly, they probably won't get a, a home quarterfinal. It's got, that's, that's going to be a little bit beyond them because that would really be interesting. Imagine a team going over there having to play a knockout match. Mm. Um, you know, that would be a tough proposition. But Jeepers... Um, what you know, the colour, the just taking aside the competitiveness, the, the the pageantry and just the special nature of these matches over in Fiji, they really have added um, to the Super Rugby competition this year. And I think probably it's a it, it makes you hope that Moana also look to up, you know, their ma- amount of matches in the islands. Not only does it give them an advantage, but it creates something pretty special for this competition. Those matches in Fiji this year with the full crowds and the atmosphere and the people singing and just the pure joy that rugby brings to those people, I, I, I just think it's it's something this competition needed and it's, it's, it's really endorsed that decision made two or three years ago to bring these two teams in uh, because not only would they be good rugby teams, but they would add something to the competition and I think they definitely have. And Sad Day was a great example of that and a massive spanner in the works for the Hurricanes There doesn't appear to be uh, anything about thinking about next week for the Chiefs, uh, they just keep rolling on and uh, put 52 um, on the Highlanders at the weekend everyone is raving about their outside backs this season, converting opportunities um, and I guess uh, that means uh, Ian Foster will be taking some notice because it's traditional that when we get to the latter part of the season the All Blacks selectors sit further forward in their chairs Yeah absolutely, look um I think people have probably overreacted a little bit about the form of some people in Super Rugby, just in terms of you know what it means. They will definitely be being noticed, and we, we are of course talking about Amoni Narawa and um, Sean Stevenson. They're having fantastic seasons for the Hurricanes, established All Blacks at all, and can't you know there's a big narrow big sort of wave of support for them. Um, they continue to play outstanding rugby, and as this competition enters the business end, I. They're definitely being noted by the All Blacks coaches, but would they be would they be um, written in and in, in sort of uh, indelible ink, as it were? Not yet. Um, All Black coaches are always reluctant to make changes in World Cup year, but we've seen a precedent, and we've seen it on the wing, haven't we, with George Bridge and Chevy Reese in 2019. So these these sort of World Cup year moves can happen and can particularly happen in, in those outside positions. So absolutely, they're in the mix. Absolutely. They're right there on form, and absolutely they will be um, being heavily considered amongst others. It's a, it's going to be a great battle. You've still got Talia and Clark at the Blues playing fantastic rugby on the wing. You've got Will Jordan back now, and you know he's had one game, so let's just wait and see. But that's a great sign for New Zealand rugby and also for the Crusaders to have him back and looking like you know he's he's kind of finally left those issues behind him. So um, touch wood on that. Um, it's going to be a, a, one of the most fascinating aspects of, of I guess, the tail end of Super Rugby leading into that first selection of the All Black squad for the year. Just, just you know, how how many 
players can play their way in out of Super Rugby. Um, it's tough because you know all um, runs on the board and I guess time in the saddle in terms of international rugby means a lot. And you know it's often harder to get out of an All Black squad than it is to get into it, the old expression. But you can't ignore form, and and also I put a, maybe a guy like Hurricane Sucker Asafa Amoa into that equation as well. Having a fantastic Super Rugby season probably isn't amongst the um, top guys in his position coming into this year. But is he now? You know, you have to think he is close. And the same with Sean Stevenson, and the same with the Mani Narawa. Fantastic seasons, and man, the Chiefs keep rumbling on. The one thing I will say about the Chiefs, Smithy, is remember last year, of course, the Blues won 15 in a row, and they were fabulous. And what did it mean come the Super Rugby final? It meant absolutely nothing. Mm. So I think the Chiefs will probably, you know, that lesson just, I think, sits there for everybody, and particularly for Clayton McMillan as they play out. They can't do any more than they're doing at the moment. They are playing outstanding rugby, aren't they? But um, I just think that lesson will be um, once the final start, it's kind of all bets are off and it starts again and it's a different equation to get home in finals footy. But man, they look well placed. They're going to play all their finals in Hamilton. They're going to be really, really hard to roll. But when you've got teams like the Crusaders and the Blues and the Hurricanes and the Brumbies sniffing around, um, I guess, you know... Playing their get out of jail cards like the Blues did, I think you you would say, I'll, I'll put it this way: if I've got a ticket on the Chiefs to win, I wouldn't be looking to cash it just yet. I still think, you know, they've, they've still got something to prove, Smithy. Can they can they get home in the in the knife edge of finals rugby? But they're well placed. Um, you've got your rugby hat on now. I asked you if we could take that off, and you wear it so well. Um, could you put your athletics one on just for a second? Uh, and yeah, review yeah. the performance of Zoe Hobbs at the Diamond League. Uh, finished fifth in a, a very competitive race, 11.08, so below her, uh, uh, not her best time, but uh, Shakari Richardson of the United States at 10.76. Yeah, yeah, it was a, um, um, well, I don't know, not spectacular performance, but a really solid performance from Zoe. And, it's her first sort of, I guess, step out, stride out into the international component of the season after a after a mind-boggling domestic summer in which she twice went under 11 seconds and once with a bit of assistance from the wind and once legally. It's a new territory and right into the top tier of women sprinting on the wind. Look, the mere fact that Zoe Hobbs got a start in this race, Smithy, which featured um, all eight athletes, you know, with best times in the, in the 10 seconds uh and women sprinting, it was really a, um, a bar um, one or two sort of notable absentees, the Jamaican um, woman who, uh, um, Elaine Thompson-Harrah, and um, I think there's one other missing, but um, um, essentially it was a who's who of women sprinting, and there's Zoe Hobbs right in the middle of it, and finishing fifth, not eighth or not seventh, even sixth, fifth, middle of the field, just shows you how far she's come. Look, she's... You know, to have a world-class sprinter out of New Zealand, it's mind-boggling. And 12 months ago, we wouldn't have thought it was possible. So the, how far she's come is quite extraordinary, Smithy. And, and, and how far she's got to go, well, let's just see. She's improving. You know, she's on an amazing arc. And as she said after the race, at the moment now for her, it's about learning to compete, you know, in this company. And, and I guess bringing the best out of herself, um Amongst amongst them on those big races is 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 the herd next challenge, and we're going to see her have another couple of events like this coming up. One in Africa, and I think one back in Asia. 
um, as she just undertakes this first phase of her season. Watch her closely, people. This is a world-class sprinter coming out of New Zealand. Um, to, to the level I don't know if we've ever seen in our lifetime. Um, you know, we've seen some amazing middle distance and some amazing field event athletes, um, but we've never really seen a New Zealand sprinter do this. So I just, I just would say sit back and enjoy the ride and watch this young woman as she continues to, you know, blaze a, an amazing trail, really, for New Zealand sport. Mark Hinton, always great uh, pleasure to catch up with you. It's been a while, but thanks very much for your summation of uh, what happened over the weekend. And yes, we all look forward to Zoe Hobbs uh, in the immediate future. Uh, all the best. Uh, uh, thanks for your time, Mark. No worries. Good on you, Smitty. Cheers.